So, we are up to Tan Rabbanon, the bottom of Chaf Aleph Hamid Beis. The Gemara is running through the halachas of Yafas Tayer. Yafas Tayer is like this Tan Rabbanon Verisa Bashivya. You saw a woman and you took her captive. He saw her at war. It's Bashas Shivya. It's Dafka if you saw her at war, meaning if you. Let's say it wasn't you didn't see her at war and had in mind to have relations with her. You captured her to be a slave, and then two weeks later you're like, "Oh, this is a good idea. Doesn't work. It has to be that the Yitzhahara gets you while you're fighting and you see her, and then 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 it only works." So these are all very very strange. Meaning, if you took her to a slave, if you took her as a slave, or you took her to whatever, then it doesn't work. It's dafka. It dafka because you saw her, you were attracted to her at the time that you saw her, then it's motor. Okay? Aishas, it says a wife, even if she's married to another guy. I Meaning she could be a married woman, it doesn't matter. You take her, convert her. Also strange. Yafas Tayer, a beautiful woman. The Pasuk, by describing her as beautiful, is telling you why the Torah permits it. This is something that's generally not permitted, as I said yesterday. Either, according to some Rishayinim, you're, you're living with her once before before she converts, or according to Rashi, she converts, but it's a conversion that's not a really good conversion. She's converting against her will, which is not a good conversion. But the Torah says, Yifas Tayer, she's beautiful, meaning, and the Torah does not want you to do the Avera, and therefore the Torah sort of gives you a loophole, because it understands that it's hard for you. Mutav, in the Gemara, says a very interesting lashon. Mutav, she yoichlu Yisrael, baser tumutais, tumutais You have an animal that's dying. You now let a shecht an animal that's dying. We're concerned that it might be a treifa. You have an animal that's dying, you have a choice. You could either shecht it, be'iser, and eat it, or let it die and eat a nevel. You're doing it anyway. The Torah says, better to shecht it. Meaning, you're going to do a nevel anyway with this woman. Might as well, uh, it's very strange, because we don't find this anywhere else that the Torah sort of like, allows you to do a yavera, but the Torah is basically saying, listen, it's going to happen anyway. Might as well do it quasi-heter. Then, mamishaser. It's like shechting a dying animal. You're going to eat the dying animal anyway. Might as well eat it shechted. Even though you're not supposed to shecht it. Okay, it's a very strange thing. Better than eat it shechted than nevela. The pastor says, and you desire it for her. She doesn't have to be objectively attractive. If she's attractive to you, then that, that the Torah says, I, I understand it. Now the Torah says, Ba, you took her. Ba, you can't take multiple. This is a one-time thing. You can't capture ten women and say, I have ten wives. It doesn't work like that. It's a one-time deal. And you take her, means you have to marry her. Meaning, this is not a prostitution. You're taking her and she's going to be your wife. After you live with her and she converts, you live with her, you need a divorce. She's your wife. The Pasuk says you take for yourself as a wife. What it means is you can't take two. I, we just got finished saying you can't take two. It's saying like this. I want to take two. One for me and one for my, uh, my nephew. One for me and one for my brother. Can't do it. Each soldier has to take his own. You can't just have one soldier take a whole pack of women for the, for the fleet. It doesn't work like this. We're not, uh, we're not behemoths. It's a guy We don't do this. You take her into your house. You cannot attack her during war. So what does that mean? So Rashi says, this is the source. You're not allowed to live with her during the war. Because she's a gaita. You have to take her. You have to convert her. Let her mourn for a month. Then you live with her. So according to Rashi, this is the source that you're not allowed to, to, to live with her even once before she converts. Okay. Now, back to the process 
of an Eved wanting to uh, stay, right? He's there for six years, he, he does an Avera, and he's sold as a slave, and he's there for six years. Then after six years, he says, the Pasuk says, I love my master, I love my family, I like the situation, I'd like to stay, they pierce his ear. Okay. So the Gemara says, like when does he have to verbalize that he'd like to stay? So you'll say, I don't know, at the end, whatever. So the Gemara is going to say, it's very particular, the Gemara is, uh, at least Havamina, is that he has to say in the beginning of his servitude and at the very end. He has to say it twice, sandwich. In the beginning of the end, he has to say, I want to be a slave. If he doesn't say it twice, and he doesn't say it at the beginning of the end, it doesn't work. That's what Gemara says. The Gemara says like this, Im Oymar, Yoymar, Im Omar Yoymar, double Lashen, Achi Yoymar Yishna, he has to say it twice. If he just says once, he wants to, we don't, we don't trust him. You have to say it twice, because... Maybe once, he doesn't really mean it. He has to say twice that he wants to be a slave. Now, when does he have to say it? Omar Let's say he says it at the beginning of his servitude, right? He's a slave for six years. So year one, he says, I'd like to stay. No good. Let's say he just said in the beginning of his six-year term, and at the end, it doesn't work. The Pasuk says, I shall not go free. Eitse means that as your way out. So if you say it in the beginning, it's not good enough because you've got to say it where you're at, on your way out. Oh, so you'll say, I'll just say it on my way out. But if you say in your way out and not in, your, not in the beginning, it's also no good. You can't say it just at the end because you're no longer a slave. You're on your way out. So you can't say it in the beginning. You can't say it on the end. What do you have to do? You say it twice. Okay. So you have to say it at the beginning and the end. Now the Gemara has like this. It's a shtickle, it's a shtickle strange. I understand you have to say it twice because you have to make sure that your kavana is like he really wants to stay. But you have to say in the beginning and the end, why? You'll say because you can't say it in the beginning because you have to say it at the end. I understand that. You should have to say it at the end because that's when you know we want to make sure that you still want to stay. But if you say it in the end and not the beginning, it's no good because you, you, if you say it at the end, you're not, a sl- you're not a slave. You're only a slave in the beginning. You're a slave in the end too. I, I don't understand exactly why. Why can't I say it twice the last week? Of being a slave, whatever it has to be the beginning and the end. It's a strange thing. So Gemara says, Amar Mar, Amar Shesh. We just got finished saying that if you say it in the beginning of the term, and you don't say it at the end, it's so no good. Now, if you say it in the beginning of the end, no good. Why? Because it said You have to say it So you can't say it in the beginning. Fine. I have another source why you can't say it at the beginning. I agree. Saying it in the beginning. By the way, also saying it in the beginning is also not logical. You say it a month in. Uh, six years later, the honeymoon's over. So, uh, the Gemara is saying, if I say it in the beginning, it's not good enough. Even if you say it twice in the beginning. Why? Because it says, You have to say it. I have another source. The Pasuk says, why does he say he wants to stay? Why does he say he wants to stay? Because he loves his Shifcha Kananis and he loves his children. You don't have children from your Shifcha Kananis a week into being a slave. So you're telling me the reason why you can't say in the beginning is because well, you can't say in the beginning because the whole process is I love my life here, I love my wife, I love my children. You don't have a wife and children a week in. So the Gemara says, my Why are you saying that it's a problem because typically it's a problem to me He's saying I want to stay with my slave children. You don't have slave children a week in? Now a second question for Sue. Then the Brisa said that if you say it at the end, but you don't say the beginning, no good. Why? Meaning, if you say it at the end, it's not good because you're not a slave anymore. Why am I not a slave at the end of my six turns? I'm still a slave until I'm done. What are you talking about? So I don't understand. So you're saying, I understand you can't say in the beginning, but like, 
I have to say, in the beginning of the end, I, I don't know this sense. So the Gemara says, you know what, Amar Rava, betchilas pruta achroina, besayf pruta achroina. You know what it means? You have to say it twice. You have to say it twice at some point towards the end. But as long as you say it before the last pruta, that's it. It doesn't have to be beginning of the six-year term and the end of the six-year term. It means it have to be the beginning of the last pruta and the end of the last pruta. Meaning, as long as you get it in twice before the last pruta, you're fine. It doesn't have to be the beginning of the six-year term, the end of the six-year term. The beginning and end are not the beginning of the terms. It means as long as you say it twice towards the end when you have children and you have a wife and you're a slave, that's fine. As long as you say it before you leave. That's it. That's it. it doesn't have to be the beginning of the term or the end of the term. Easy. Tanrabanan. Now we're going to describe due to technicalities of when of when is uh, when does it when is it considered uh, uh, nirza. So the Gemara says like this. Tanrabanan. Let's say the servant has a wife and children. Right. The pasuk says that the servant says, "I like my master's home, and I like my wife and children." So if he has a wife and children, good. But let's say his, his master does, and his master is single. No good. Why? Because the Pasuk describes and Nirza saying, I love my wife and children. I also love my, I love my master's home. Home is a wife. So if his master doesn't have a wife, or his wa- ma- master's wife passed away, you can't, you don't, uh, due to a technicality, you're not going to get a piercing. Because the piercing is only for a matziv where you have a family and your master has a family. Because you said, I love my family, I love my master's home, which is a family. If your master doesn't have a family, then there's no ritzia. There's no piercing. The Pasuk says that the slave loves his master and his household. His master's household, which is his master's wife and kids. Now, let's say his master has a wife and children, but he does not. Also no good. Because the part of the Ritzia is, I love my family. If you don't have a family, you don't get a piercing. Who oyev is rabbi? Let's say he loves his master, but the master doesn't love him. In anirza, also no piercing. Shenemar ki toyev lo imach. The pasuk says the true the servant decides to get a piercing because it was good for him with you, meaning it was good for both of us. So if it was if you love the master, the master doesn't love you. That it's not toyev lo imach. He you know he doesn't he doesn't think it was toyev. And Rabbi Oyeva, let's say the master loves him, but he doesn't love the rab, the master. And it's also no good. The pastor says he loves you. So it has to be an equal relationship. Similarly, let's say the servant was a choyla. The servant is ill. The rabbi ain't a choyla. So the servant is ill, but the master is not. And it's also no good. The pasuk describes that the time together was good. If you're ill, it's not good. Toiv lo'imach means it's good for him and it was good for you. If, if you're ill, if you're the servant and you're ill, it wasn't good. Vice versa, if the servant's not ill but the master's ill, also no good because it wasn't good for him. It was not equal. Also, Now the question is like this. What if both the master and the evid are both ill? So do you say, well, it wasn't good for both. On the other hand, at least they're both, they both had an equal time of, uh, you know, toiv lo'imach means that they both had the same. Now, standard is they both had a good time. They both didn't have a good time if they're both ill. But at least they both had the same time. So the Gemara's kasha is, What if they were both ill? 
can you have a piercing? Do we just say, listen, as long as they're both with you, they're both together, they're both ill, so they're both sharing the same experience, so you can have a piercing. Oh, the pastor says, it has to be that they both had a good experience. We're not sure. Okay. Tanar Abanan, Kitayev Loi Imach. We had this uh, a couple days ago. Imach Bemach Mishta. You have to be good with him for food and drink, meaning you have to treat him nicely. Shloite Ata Echopas Nekiba Echopas Kiba. You can't eat fine flour and him inferior flour. Ata Shaisa Yain Yashan Vushaisa Yain Chadash. You can't drink aged wine and he drinks new wine. Ata Yashan Agabi Muchim. You can't sleep on a soft mattress. Vu Yashan Agabi Tevin and he's sleeping on straw. You have to treat him like yourself. Treat him. Very well as a slave. This is why they used to say, They used to say that if you buy a slave, you're like buying a master for yourself because you have to treat him very well. Then the Gemara says, oh, It's interesting. The Pasuk says like this. Now, that this slave can have two different types of children. Okay? He could have, you can give him a Shivcha Kananis to mate with. Those children are slaves. They're not Jewish. He could also have Jewish children if he has a wife, a Jewish wife. He's a Jew. If he has a Jewish wife, he could have children. What is the status? So let's talk about his Jewish children. What is the status of his Jewish children when he goes free? They go with him, right? The Pasuk says, He leaves with you. He takes his Jewish children with him. It makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you a question. Why does the Pasuk have to say that? Why would I think you could leave the... Why would I think the master keeps the children? The Pesach says that when he's free, he takes his Jewish children with him. His Jewish children were never slaves. He's the slave, not his children. Why would the Pesach have to tell me that he takes his Jewish children with him when he goes free? Of course he takes his Jewish children with him. Why would the Havamina? They're not slaves. The slave children, stay. I'm talking the Jewish children. Jewish children, the Pesach says they go with him. Of course they go with him. Why would I think they don't go with him? They're Jews. They were never slaves. He was sold into slavery, not his children. So the Gemara says, Amrav Shimon, the children were never sold. So why do I need a Pasuk to tell me that the children go free also? Of course they go free. They were never slaves. What's the answer? The answer is, you see from this Pasuk that a master, when he, when he buys a Jewish slave, he has to financially support the slave's children also. So when the Pasuk is saying he's free, what it means is they also leave the house. Not that they were slaves, they were never slaves, but he, the master, had to support the children as well. And the Pasuk is saying that when he goes free, he no longer has to. That's the point. So when you buy a slave, not only do you have to treat him well, you have to financially support his children. You have to send them to college, you have to you know, take care of them, feed them, clothe them. You see, the master is obligated to support the children of his slave. Similarly, similarly, the Pasuk says in Bali the Pasuk then says that when he goes free, his Jewish wife also goes free. Same Kasha. Of course she goes free. She was never a slave. The answer is, you see from here, that a master, not only does he have to support the slave, and he has to support the children of the slave, he has to support the wife of the slave as well. And therefore what the Pasuk is saying is that when he goes free, he no longer has to support. So you have to take care of the Gans Mishpacha. The Gemara says, She was never a slave, so of course she goes free. Why does the Pasuk have to say that? So the Pasuk says, One is to tell you that a master has to support the children of the slave, the Jewish children, and one is to tell you that he has to support the Jewish wife of the slave. So the question is, why do I need both Pasukim? Tell me one and I'll figure it out. I, I have a Pasuk that says that he has to support the Jewish wife, and I have a Pasuk that says he has to support the Jewish children. What do you need two Pasukim for? I get it. You tell me one. Mr. I'll be able to figure out the other. So the Gemara says, This is why you need both. 
If the Pasuk just said that you have to, he has to support the children, the Jewish children of the slave, I would say, the children, but not the wife, because children can't really work. They're kids. I could see the master saying, why should I support his wife? Let his wife work for me. She's strong. She's an adult. She could clean. She could cook. Meaning, if the Pasuk never specified the wife, I would say, the children he has to support because they have no ability. Listen, the father's a slave and they, they can't work on their own. But the wife who's an adult woman, maybe the master doesn't have to support her. Maybe the master can say, you want money? Work for me. Kamash no, you have to financially support her without her working. And if the Pasuk, and if the Pasuk would have just said that you have to support the wife, I would say, because it's not respectful to make a woman knock on doors collecting tzedakah. Avil Bonav, but her, but the children, the male children, did Maybe they should have to be peddlers and knock on the doors and collect money. Meaning, if the pasuk just said that you have to support the wife, I would not extend that you have to support the sons, the little sons, because I would say maybe the sons have to collect on the doors and then beg for money. You're not going to make a woman beg for money, but maybe the sons you would make. Kamash no, you have to support both the sons and the wife. Tanurabon, Chazal teach. Go on the next page. Okay, now the question is, how do they do the piercing? If it just said, that you pierce his, his ear to the door, this is what I would say, I would say, stand him by the door, and then make a hole in the door. I wouldn't actually say go through the ear, I would just say, stand him by the door, and make a hole by the door. Where his ear is, make a hole. Huh? At the height of his ear, make a hole in the door. So That's what I would have thought. If it just said, Osno Bedelis, if it wouldn't say, um, if it didn't say bi osno, if it just said osno, I would say not in his ear, but next to his ear. So the Gemara says, what? Del is in osno? You would think I have him and you don't have to pierce his ear? It says his ear with the hole. It says osno. I mean, how could you translate? Yeah, I understand if it didn't say bi osno, you would think osno is the height of his ear? That's, that's not the Pashup Shad of the Pasuk. It definitely means ear, right? <laughs> it definitely means ear. Why would I think the height of the ear? So Gemara says, no, this is what it meant. I would think like this. You pierce his ear in a salon. Then you stand him next to the door and then make a hole in the door. Meaning I wouldn't have thought that the two actions have to be together, that his piercing has to be by the door. I would say pierce his ear and then you stand him and make a hole by the door. I wouldn't have thought that has to be together. But now that the Pasuk says Bays, what does it mean? You know what it means? You stand them by the door, you go through his ear until you hit the door. So you take a drill and you just go until you hit door. That's that's what it means. Okay? Dallas. Now the Pasuk says a door. By the way, door could be standing or you could take a door off the hinges, lie it down, and he lies down. How do you know that the door has to be standing on the hinges? I could see that the door is standing or removed off the hinges and laying on the floor. The Pasuk says by the doorpost. Just like a doorpost is upright. So to the door is upright. Now the Gemara says the very, very, very famous Shita of Rashi quotes us in Chumash. We all know these. Why is it that it's the ear? 
Rav Yechon ben Zakai, how you dirish is a mikra zekim and choymer. Rav Yechon ben Zakai used to dirish in this mamish like a tight little package. He explained it perfectly. Manishtana oizen mikolivarm shavaguf. Why is it that you pierce the ear out of all the body parts? Amr Akadish Baruchu Hashem said, Oizen shishama koyli al harsina bishashamarti. That ear that heard my voice on harsina that said, Kili bnei shal avadim, that you're slaves to me, vulei avadim avadim. You're supposed to be slaves to me, but you're choosing to be a slave to man, because again, he's choosing to stay. So that ear that heard, that you're not supposed to be a slave to man but a slave to God you're choosing to choose another master for yourself that ear should be pierced that's it a sickness similar shot. Rishim by by Rebbe. How you darshes a mikra zekman choimer. Manishana delusim zuzim a kol kelim shabayis. He says, why is it that it's by the door post, as opposed to by the oven or by the fridge? Those doorposts that you saw, that doorpost that that you put the blood to protect you by Pesach, that that doorpost which separated the Jewish people from the Mitzrayim. That was when I acquired you as my slaves because I saved your life by putting the blood on the doorpost. But I took you out of slavery to freedom. You're going back to slavery. Let it be pierced in the presence of that doorpost. Okay. So, new topic. The Mishnah says like this. Till now we were talking about a Jewish slave. Now we're talking about a Goyish slave. The halacha is that when you purchase a Goyish slave, you do a circumcision, you dip him in the mikvah with the intention for him to being a slave, and now he's called an Evakanani, which is that he is a Goy, but he has to keep the mitzvahs that a woman has to keep. Okay. So he's not a Goy, he's not a Jew. He's sort of in between. And then when you free him, he becomes a full-fledged Jew. He converts. Okay. How do you acquire a Goyish slave? So, Ebe Knani, Nikne, Bekesef, Bishtar, Ubechazak. When you free him, yeah. Because again, he had a circumcision and he had a, and he had a tefillah. You just had the intention for him to remain as a slave. But once you free him, then he becomes a Jew. So, it's also to free him, by the way. So, it's not, it's not something they would do. But, but if you would, he becomes a Jew. That's the famous Tevi, that's uh, Rav Elazar, right. Rav Gamliel, Rav Gamliel, I think. Rav Gamliel freed Tevi Avdoi in order to make him for the minion. And he was, a, he was once he freed, he's Jewish, and then he made the minion. So, how do you buy an Evi Knani? So, you can buy him with Kesef, with Shtar, Ube Chazaka. Chazaka means use him, make him work for you. The Gemara could talk about, you know, you know uh, prepare my shower. Boom, he's, uh, he's in heaven. Okay. Kainis Atzmai, how does he attain his freedom? Money by other people giving money, because again, he can't have any money. So, uh, and even, and by the way, according to Rashi, explains that even if you give him money and say, I have in mind that it should not be for your master, it doesn't work, according to this opinion. Kesef, a slave cannot have Kesef, it automatically goes to the master. So, how does he buy his freedom out? Someone has to pay for him. Right? It's $1,000. You pay for me. That, that's the only way. Or a star, the master gives him a star and say, you're free. And he requires a star. Say, no, you could, you could, he could have his own money. Someone else has to give him the money, but he could acquire money as long as they give it to him with the intention of it not going to the master. That works. And a document through the means of others, meaning... Uh, well, the Gemara will elaborate what this means, but Pashasa means that you give the shtar to someone else. As long as the money belongs to someone else, they can give it to the slave and then he buys his own freedom. Okay. 
Minolad. How do I know that a non-Jewish slave can be purchased with Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka? Though those are the forms of acquiring land. By the way, land is acquired through Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. Metaltalin items are generally acquired through Mashicha, through Hagba, but land is acquired through Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. Chazaka by land means act like an owner. So by a slave, it means make him work for you. So by a landowner, it means improve the land, put a fence, do something to improve the land. So these forms of kinyanim are the same forms of kinyanim by land. How do you know? So the Gemara says, Minol, and how do I know that a Canaanite slave is acquired through these same ways that you acquire land? Because the Pesach says, You'll pass down the slave as an inheritance like an ancestral field. Like an ancestral uh, property. The Pasuk calls him an achuza, just like ancestral fields. Okay. Now here's the question. If you're going to compare it to a field, fields go back to their owner after 50 years by Yoival. So maybe slaves should also go back to the original owner by Yoival. Are you going to compare it to a field? The answer is no. By a slave it says, There'll be a slave forever. Not just till Yoival, forever. Okay. Now, so our Mishnah says there's three ways for a person to acquire a slave, and it's Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. There's one way that the Mishnah is missing, at least not missing, it's omitted. Tana, the Braisa adds Af Chalipin. You could use Chalipin. So why is it not listed in the Mishnah? You could acquire a non Jewish slave through Chalipin. So why is it not listed in the Mishnah? The Braisa adds it, the Mishnah doesn't. So the Gemara says, Tana Didan, why is our Mishnah omitted? Our Mishnah does not want to list, our Mishnah doesn't list all the ways to acquire slaves. You see, the Brisa is interested in listing every single way. If you want to list every single way, you got to add Chalibin. Our Mishnah is not listed, interested in listing every single way. Our Mishnah is li- interested in listing ways you could acquire a slave that are not the same ways to acquire uh, items, metaltalin. It's interested in listing ways that only work by a slave and by land, not by metaltalin. So Chalipin, which works by Metaltalin, doesn't make the list. It's not interested in listing every single way you could buy a slave. Because if it was interested, it would list Chalipin. It's only listing ways that work by a slave and by Karka, not by Metaltalin. So Metaltalin, you don't buy Metaltalin with Kesef, Shar, and Chazaka. But you do buy Metaltalin with Chalipin. So Chalipin doesn't make the list. Because we're looking for land and slave exclusivity. Okay. Amr Shmuel. Now Shmuel says, I have another way that a slave can be purchased. And that is Meshicha. You, you drag him. You grab him by his hand and you pull him. Okay? Now, by the way, how, how do you do Mashiach? How do you do Mashiach by a slave? So, if you grab his hand and pull him. <laughs> Easy. You grab him and you pull him. Now, let's say, let's say instead of pulling him, you stand in the corner and you're like, hey, come on. Come on. You call him over. No good. That's not Mashiach. Now, by the way, strangely enough, that is Mashiach by an animal. One of the ways of performing Mashiach is you could either pull him or, or hit him, and he was, or if you call the animal, you say, and the animal, uh, what? That's Mashiach. So why is it Mashiach by an animal, not Mashiach by an ever? The Gemara is going to address that in a second. Okay. Now, the, here's the other question. Why is this Mashiach not listed? Now, here's the thing. Our Mishnah is only listing things that apply to things that are exclusive for avodim and for karka. So, of course, Mashiach is not going to make the list because Mashiach is not a way of by karka. So, that's out. But the Brisa added Chalipin. Seemingly, the Brisa's 
uh, objective is it just wants to list every form. So if it's listing every form, why is Mashiach not there? Now again, our Mishnah is not going to list Mashiach anyway because our Mishnah is only listing things that relate to a karka and Evan. But the Brisa, which added Chalipin, why did it omit Mashiach? So the Gemara says, "Bishla matana didan mil sedisim matalta lekatani." Does matalta katani elatana bera nisim mishicha? I understand why Amish is not going to list matalta because it's only listing things that apply to apply apply to karka and avadim. But that brisa which added kalipin clearly it's interesting and it's interested in just adding every form of a kinyan. If you're interested in adding every form of a kinyan, then what about what about uh, what about, uh, uh, what about Meshicha also. So the Gemara says, The answer is, even that Bryce is not interested in listing every way. That Bryce is listing, interested in listing ways that apply to all three. Metaltalin, Karka, and Avadim. Chalipin applies to all three. It's not interested in listing things every way to buy an Evid. It's interested in listing ways that you can buy an Evid with Karka and Metaltalin. Meshicha only applies to Eved and Metaltalin, not Karka. So it doesn't make the list. So even that Bryce is not just interested in listing every way. It has its own objective. Its objective is to list ways that work by everything. Meshicha doesn't work by everything. Okay. But now he, here's the question. The question is what I said before. Um, why is it that when you call an animal, that is Meshicha, but when you call uh, an Eved, it's not? Okay. Now, so here's the deal. Before you go into this, you just have to remember, there's large animals are kind of through mesira, through handing over, and smaller animals are nickness with meshicha. So, Okay, so we said by a slave, if you call the slave, you say, hey, come on, come over here, and he walks to you, no good, that's not meshicha. But by an animal, karulai, vatanya, the b'raisa said, keitzad b'mesira. How do you acquire a large animal, an ox? An ox, you don't do mashicha, because first of all, oxen don't move. They're not, you're not going to be, uh, you're not dragging an ox. How do you perform an Akinian on an ox? You do what's called mesira, handing over. So how do you do that? Ochsoi betalva, you grasp it by its hoof, besaira by its hair, buukif shalah or by its saddle, bilshlif shalah or by the strap that's on the saddle, beprumya shebepia or on the, the, the ring in its mouth, bezug shebetzavara, the bell on its neck, kana, meaning you, you hold on to it and you hand it to someone else. That's it. You don't have to move it. You just you take the you take it and you hand it over. That's that's uh, that's that's a, a form of acquisition. Okay. Now, how do you do mashicha? Kaitzav mashicha. So let's say you have a smaller animal. You have a sheep. Well, no. What you do is you have the original owner. Let's say takes the takes the uh, the leash, whatever you want to call it, and he hands it to you. Right. That's, that's no chalipin is chalipin is by me acquiring this handkerchief. I'm there by by proxy. This is that's a form of ownership. Like if you want to know, like how do you? All kinyanim are just trying to show ownership, basically. Right. So like, how do you show ownership of a horse? You don't necessarily have to move him. You take the the rein. Here you go. That's it. So that that's it. Now that's by a large animal, a smaller animal. You do mashicha. Let's say a sheep. You do mashicha. So how do you do mashicha? Kate's a mashicha. You call the animal. So by the way, Kasha, stop right there, Kasha. By a slave, calling is no good. By an animal, it is good. Okay. Or you hit it with a stick and it runs. You get it to move. They say it's not just enough to move. It has to move its body length. Meaning if you hit a sheep and it moves one foot, no good. It has to, let's say its length is four feet. It's got to move four feet. Fine. But kids are, why is it when you call a sheep, it works. But when you call a slave, it doesn't work. You know what the answer is? Sheeps don't have das. You get it to move. 
then we assume that it's moving because of you. If you call a slave, he's not moving because of you. Maybe he's moving because he doesn't want to get beaten. So that's not considered submissive. When you call an animal, it doesn't have das. Therefore, that's an act of you being the owner because it's moving because of you. When you call a person, it's like, I'm going because I want to go. <laughs> so it's not necessarily as a form of submissive as submissiveness, and therefore it's not an act of opinion. An animal just walks because of its master. It doesn't have its own independent mind. But a slave goes because it's, it, it's, it's, it wants to go on its own will. Listen, he's getting called by his master. He wants his master to know that he's a good worker. So he's walking. You think that that's an act of ownership? It's not an act of ownership. He's choosing to walk. The Gemara says, If the slave is a baby, though, then it's like an animal. If you have a little baby, and you say, come on, come on, and the baby starts crawling to you, then that's considered like an act of ownership because that's a form of acquiring a baby slave because that's like an animal. It doesn't have its own das. Babies don't have their own das. It's not like the baby's like, I'm choosing to go to you because I want you to know that I have my own. No, the baby's just going because the baby, it's, it's instinctual, like animals. Okay. Taner now, what's the form of chazaka by a slave again? Chazaka means get him to act like a slave. So what's a form of acting like a slave? He takes your shoes off you, off the master. Takes your clothing to the laundromat. He takes your clothing off you in the merchats. He washes you. He rubs you with oil. Gerdu scrapes off the dead skin. Hilbisha dresses you. Hanilu puts your shoes on you. Higbiu lifts you up. Right? Let's say, I'm tired. Carry me. Lift me. So that's uh, that's an act of a Kenyan. Kanu, these are all acts of Kenyanim. Okay. Um, Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon says an interesting line. It's un- it's unclear what he means. He says, Chazak is no different than Hagbah. That Hagbah always works, so to Chazak always works. What is Rav Shimon coming to explain? Again, one of the forms of Chazaka is the slave picks you up. Then Rav Shimon says, Hagbah always works. What, what, is, what is he coming to say? So the Gemara says, my cover, what is Rishimin coming to address? So the Gemara says, What it means is like this. If the slave lifted up the master, then it acquires. But let's say the master lifts up the slave. I don't know, the master picks up the slave and carries him. No good, because that doesn't... I mean, I don't, no, people don't like being picked up, but it's not... I can, by the way, I can actually see it going either way because I can see picking up someone that that's an act of like that shows dominance. On the other hand, it's not the normal; it's not the slave doing something for you. So the Tanakhama says, "No good." Comes of Shimon and he says, "I'm Rav Shimon." That's like Hagba, meaning that's that's an act of dominance. Any form of dominance will work. The reason why Chazaka works is because by him working for you, that's an act of dominance on your part. You lifting him up, that's that's a pretty dominant act also. I'm sorry? Oh, the Tanakama, what would the Tanakama say about that? That's an interesting shot. What would the Tanakama say about lifting up a child? I, it, it, seems that, it seems that the Tanakama is against Hagba in all forms. So it, correct. So it would, I'm saying it would seem that he would be against even lifting up a child. It could be even the. Hmm, interesting. I'm not sure. Um, now, the Gemara says like this: Hashid the Amr Tikbiu Hu LeRabbi Kana El Miata Shevcha Kananis Tikna Bebiya. It's interesting, Kasha. If the if the slave picks you up or supports your weight, that's a form of chazaka. So then, if you live with a Shevcha Kananis, why is that not a good form of acquisition? Right? If you live with a slave, that's not a form of acquisition. But the the thing is that when a man lives with a woman, she supports his weight, for a moment at least. She supports his weight. So why isn't that considered? 
Right? Bia is not a form of Kenyan, but why isn't it a form of Kenyan? At least the fact that she's supporting his, his weight physically. So the Gemara says, Ki the answer is it's a fundamental different type of lifting up. When you lift up, when the slave lifts you up, and he says, you say, lift me up, pick me up, and the slave picks you up, the reason why that works is because it's an act of dominance on your part. Why? Because it's pleasurable for the person being lifted, but it's uncomfortable for the person lifting you up. Bia is pleasure in both directions. Therefore, because it's pleasure in both directions, it's not a form of a kinyan. That doesn't show dominance in any way, and therefore it's not going to be a form of a kinyan, because it's zenen of zenen. So the Gemara says, okay, what about Bia Shalaikadarka? That's uncomfortable, and it's and it's uh, supporting your weight. So if the, the master lives with a woman, that should be a form of a kinyan, because it's hagba, and it's and it's and it's zen and of zem stars. The Gemara says two answers. Amar vachi barada de minacha man lemel and delav hano isle tevayu. Who says shalake dark is not hano? I mean, and maybe in the beginning it's not hano, but there probably is hano. That's why uh, the the goyim are doing this. This mistama this hano if that's why they're doing it. So who says that it's zen and of zem star? Also, oy mishkeve yishiksev hikisha kasvikadar shalake dark. Also, we have a rule that throughout the Torah shalake dark and kedark are treated the same. Right when it comes to let's say Arias, Shalai Kedarka and Kedarka treat the same. Therefore, if Kedarka is not a good form of Kenyan, we're going to say Shalai Kedarka is not a good form of Kenyan as well. All right, we'll stop here. Pick it up tomorrow, Mr.